Warning, this episode contains explicit content. Please proceed with caution. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Whiskey Sex Talk. I am your host, Romeo. BDSM is a term used to describe aspects of sex that involves dominance, submission, and control. The practice typically involves one partner taking a more dominant role during sex, while the other is more submissive. On today's episode, we will be talking about BDSM. She is a kinky wellness coach and the owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness, where she spreads awareness of how BDSM and kink are healthy outlets for hashtag AIA, which stands for aggression, imagination, and attention. Welcome to the show, Donna. Well, Uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay, Donna. So before we begin, please tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to be a kinky sexual wellness and BDSM coach. Absolutely. So I got into being a kinky sexual wellness coach after I saw how much sex had actually improved my life. And I saw how much it can actually improve, prove people if they took sexual health seriously. And as I kind of got into BDSM and kink, I was starting to feel actual feelings of like some of the things that I had gone through, I was able to kind of work through and let go through sexual wellness. And through that journey, I started to see how the sexual education that I was being raised with or that I had been taught was actually on a misleading path. And uh, by unlearning really everything that I had learned to relearn, um, I found that this was a better education. Now, sex is one of those things like not every sexual education is going to fit every single person because this spectrum is so large, right. but I think everyone really needs to consider bringing creativity back into their sex life because that's something that they definitely, definitely can control within their own hands. So I went back to school for business really, and I wanted to open up a kinky wellness. So I took a business plan there and I actually won first place. And I'm really proud of it because that's when I really knew that people were ready for some kinky wellness education. And so with that, over the last few years, I've created the e-learning basics and just really worked with people on embracing their sexual wellness and breaking, embracing their kinky education as well. And not to be so, not to make the conversation so hush hush. Um, I've realized that people do want to talk about sex. They just don't want to bring it up first. Um, but once you bring it up, then everybody's like, oh, I do want to learn. I do want to talk. They get excited. Uh, they've been wanting, they really just want to talk about it. They just don't know who or where to go. I'm glad that you said that because I feel like when it comes to, at least for BDSM, there is this polarity that exists, right? You have either people can have a negative, uh, say something negative about it or something um, positive about it. But, you know, for me, I'm all about positivity. And um, I, I... Here's what I want to, what I think a lot of people want to know, especially people that are just, let's say, they're starting to explore uh, uh, sex or their sexuality or really trying to, you know, um, be open minded. 
What is BDSM? What does that stand for? Yes. So that's a great question. So BDSM is actually an abbreviation for three subgroups. So the BD stands for bondage and discipline. The DS stands for dominance and submission. And the SM stands for sadism and masochism. So for bondage and discipline, those are the activities that combine the use of physical restraints and psychological restraints um, based on rules, which can result in either a punishment or a reward. And dominance and submission refers to the power exchange dynamics that happen between partners within certain activities and role-playing scenarios. And dominant, or sorry, and a, a sadist, sorry, is a person who enjoys pleasure being inflicted on them or even humiliating, um, sorry, upon others. That's what it is. A sadist is a person who likes inflicting pain and humiliation on others. And a masochist is a person who enjoys having pain or humiliation inflicted on them. And then kink in general is just anything that falls outside of the parameters of what society deems acceptable or quote unquote normal. So yeah, BDSM is really just an umbrella term that holds all of the role-playing and activities and everything that happens within, within those three abbreviations. So because there, because there's so, so the, um, there's an umbrella of it, like what are some of the misconceptions within BDSM that you feel need to be demystified? I think that there's a lot, actually. I do feel that there's a stigma that only damaged people go into BDSM and kink. But as much as there is some, like with trauma, I do believe that there is. It's not, I do feel like trauma is connected to BDSM and kink, but not in the way that people might think. I think that people can connect to a trauma or to an unpleasantness that they're feeling. And through BDSM and kink and kinky sexual wellness, you can actually kind of go through what you're feeling and finally just let it out completely. So then those feelings can just transcend out of you. So it's not so much, it can be used as a healing tactic. Of course, there are people that use BDSM as a sort of an escape in a negative way, but that's because I think they're kind of being pushed to go do it, encouraged, but not with the education that they need to have um, before they get in. Okay, so let's say let's say that someone is really interested. What are the key things that we need to know to understand BDSM before going into it? Because you mentioned that there are people that are uh, they go into BDSM to escape or or to you know to find some sort of answers in it. But what 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 can you tell us about that? What are key things that we need to understand before going in to make uh, us absolutely. Well, um, what I can do is break down just a little bit of the BDSM and kink basics that I have. So I've broken it down into three categories. So your first category is your partnership basics. Then you have your impact basics. Then you have your plan and prep basics. Okay. So under the first basics, you have partnership. And and that can get broken down even further into interview, aftercare, and negotiate. So interview, as much as people might think, oh, that's when you get to meet the person and and talk to someone, it really starts with yourself, self-awareness. You need to have a massive amount of self-awareness before you get into BDSM and kink. You need to know how your behaviors and your actions and your attitudes affect the people around you. You need to be able to know when you're actually hurting someone. Um, If you don't have these awareness with yourself and how you are with others that you can, it's you can hurt someone by accident because you're not picking up on the other person as well. Mm-hmm. Aftercare is that portion of happens after the sex. So this is really important. So how do you like to reconnect to your body? How do you like to reconnect with your partner? Do you need space? Do you want to wash up? Do you want cuddles? Like it's different for everyone. And that aftercare after sex, it's the ending to the story. So sex is kind of like the middle. And then I consider aftercare as the ending. 
And of course, negotiate is when you negotiate with your partner to make sure you go over your nonverbal cues and your verbal cues, your safe words. That's where it comes up through your negotiation. And impact is impact basics is broken down between your zones on your body. So we have um, areas that are safer to hit versus not safer to hit. And we have our no-go zones. So for instance, neck is not something that I would say for a beginner. And we have tiny bones on the top of our hands. We have joints that we can't touch. Then we have our tools uh, that you can use, warm up and positions. And then we have different types of impact. And then for plan and prep, you need to really understand the space of what you're going to have your event in because what you can do in a one bedroom versus you know, outside are two different things. And personalization is important um, for plan and prep because a lot of people will focus on touch, but there's a lot of other senses that we have that get kind of left alone and it doesn't cause for a more fulfilling experience when you forget about the other senses. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, uh, for plan and prep is your kit. So I highly encourage you to have a cleanup kit, your safety kit, which is like a first aid, but with additional things like your scissors and shears. Right. And then your aftercare kit. So that's the thing that holds your actual physical things that keep you reconnected. So like I have a fuzzy sweater and whatever makes you feel better. So those are predominantly like really quickly, like that is the three basics that I think that people should know before they get into BDSM and King for sure. So uh, you mentioned uh, safety and I feel that from my understanding, at least within the BDSM, uh, one of the things and key things is, is consent. Now, can you help me understand what is the what does SSC stand for uh, in in BDSM? SSC. I actually S- haven't heard of that one right now. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's phrased differently, but it's it's safe, sane, and, and consensual. So pretty much. Is, oh yes, it, yes. Oh yes. So like, there's also CNC, so consensual, non consensual sex. Sorry. Yes. So we do have those in safety. So um, when it comes to Safety, that's why I encourage the interview process as well with self-awareness, because you need to be able to be self-aware when someone's disrespecting you. Or, and it's you need to be able to walk away from a situation just as easily as getting into one as well. So when it there is obviously safety concerns in sex, it is one of those gray areas there um, because it is such a vulnerable space. Mm-hmm. But you, of course, need your safe words, which is um, a word or a cue or a phrase that when said revokes consent and to stop all activities. But to even go further is that I want to encourage people to have nonverbal safe words, um, because sometimes in sex, we don't want to speak or we can't speak. Maybe there's loud music or there's something over our mouth. So you need to be able to have a safe word cue for sight, sound and touch. So in case you can't talk. Okay. Okay, so <clears throat> now, like for example, um, you said that there's um, so you said that sometimes stuff is not v- nonverbal, and you need to have s- safety words and, and nonverbal uh, gestures and whatnot. Now, I, I'm curious to know, um, BDSM does it have to always involve sex? Can it just be the play itself, or does sex yeah, need to be involved? Absolutely. Well, absolutely. Like that's another huge misconception about BDSM and kink is that it always has to be very aggressive or maybe thoughts of violence come up a lot when people Mm -hmm. think of it, but really it's a place where you can be encouraged. You can feel love. You can play right down just in the form of playing and bouncing around and just moving your body. Mm -hmm. And that's what BDSM and kink is so great about is because it's so freeing. You can use your body and in more than just, you know, very linear kind of way, rigid, like 
we're taught to be free, but you know, as long as you stand up straight and don't move around as much, but BDSM and kink, you don't have to have sex at all. Like it can be mental. There's a lot, a lot of mental things within BDSM and kink as well. Like even with bondage and discipline, like uh, psychological restraints and rules, like that can be fun for someone. Like you have to be in the bedroom by this time, or you have to wear this outfit on that. Or if you don't do this and you're going to get a spanking, like those are all things that don't have to involve sex. What's one of the most common uh, non-sex BDSM that people are very into, I guess, when they're starting off? Non-sex. I I think the easiest ones that people, like the ones that come up a lot when you Google it are things like foot fetishes. And those are great, but I do think that people should like move into more like what type of feelings are you currently missing right Mm. now that you can cultivate? Because people, I think, forget that sex, you can create a situation where whatever you're missing, like whatever feeling you think or you want to put out there or release, you can put it in that area. So BDSM and kink is not so much about sex. It's really about giving you experiences to feel any experience you want to do. So if you want to pretend like you're a hitchhiker and get picked up or something like that, it doesn't have to end in sex, but even that's just fun role-playing. As right, right, adult. yeah. <laughs> of course, yeah. Um, now, help me understand something, because uh, from what I understand, it's very, very, like, super important, or at least vital, to understand the power dynamics. How, how, why is this so important? How does this help people? Let's say if someone's in a relationship, how does this help the relationship overall or just understanding how things operate, I guess, for uh, for better lack of words here. <laughs> no, absolutely. I think power exchange is important for everyone because there are moments where we want to be more in control than we are in our real life, like outside of you know our house. But there's also opportunities for us to just let go and absolutely lose control and give that surrender to someone else. And surrendering to somebody or giving up your power or gaining someone's power is a very trusting experience. You have to connect with that person. You are showing vulnerability to that side. So it can deepen relationships because you get to see other levels of your partner in other places where you wouldn't be able to see them maybe outside of your bedroom. Mm. And it's important for people to play within both. It's important for people to be able to know what it's like to be in control, like have absolute control. But it's also important for people to have, you know, uh, experiences where you've absolutely let go of control, where you're trusting someone and, and you're just being free and you don't have to think and you just can sink into the moment that you're in. Right. Um, so within that understanding the power dynamics, what does it mean to be a dominant? Like, what does that entail? Like, Within the BDSM, how does one know? What does it mean to be dominant? Like, what are key things that we need to understand? What establishes someone to be dominant? Absolutely. So dominance can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. But Mm -hmm. what I really like to stress is it's not a position where you can come in and just do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's not something where you can just act out in a certain way. Like you are restricted by what you and your partner outline through your negotiations and within those boundaries and those limits. And as a Dom, you're responsible for staying within that playground, staying within those confines, but also you're in charge of the submissive that you're working with as well. Like you are in control of their mental and emotional and physical well-being. So it's not a role that I would say to someone to take lightly. I think being in a dominant position takes a lot of responsibility and a lot of accountability. You have to have, again, a lot of self-awareness. Um, 
and be okay with constructive criticism because that's the thing too. When you're a dom, you want to make sure that you're doing your your role as best as you can. And so you have to be able to hear constructive criticism if something wasn't right. Like, hey, that maybe was too hard, maybe this, maybe that. But I find that people, they think, oh, I'm a dom. Like, I just know everything in charge. Like, I'm the one in power. And it's not that. It's not an opportunity to go be a dick and go on some power trip at all. (laughs) Right. So, no, like, that's the thing, too. I just really want to stress you cannot just be a dom. Call yourself dom and just do whatever you want. Well, that's – I'm glad you clarify that because – I know people that they say they're into BDSM and from what I understand and know or the research that I've done when I hear them talking, it's exactly what you're saying that, you know, it's that. And 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 in my mind, in the back of my mind, I'm just like, okay, well, I don't think that's what it is, you know? And I'm glad Mm -hmm. you clarified that because I was on, I didn't quite know, understand what it was, but I did know that it's not what they were telling me, which was something that I was just like, that makes no sense. Because if you're dominant, you have to, you said it, you have to understand uh, the, what's been agreed upon. And you have to be really, really very, very on top of what's happening when you're at play. I think that's the correct word to say. Mm -hmm. Now, what does it mean to be submissive? The word itself, we can understand it, but what does that mean when it comes to, in, 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 to play or within the BDSM? Like, what does it mean? Uh, is it weaker? Is it, it can, is it something that people will assume automatically it's the weaker of the position? I think, People have a misconception that yes, that yeah. it's, it's weaker, but it's they're different. Not not one role is weaker or stronger than the other. They're just different, um, if I can say that. So for submissives, like for instance, I would say that I'm quite a submissive person if I <laughs> had that in the bedroom. But on my personal life, when you see me in the real world, like I have everything together. I'm so so rigid on my to do list and my timelines and my day planner and things like that. So when submissive to me means like I can just let go of everything around me and I can trust that my partner is going to pleasure me, but also bring me to where I want to go and go on that journey and we can create. And it gives me a chance to turn kind of like my brain off in a sense where I can just be in that moment, that space where I don't have to think of like, okay, what's next, what's going on. So for me, being a submissive gives me peace and quiet um, in those moments. That's interesting. You you mentioned that you said that you're very uh, on top of the stuff out there in the world. I recently watched a, a you know Vice. Vice has some amazing mm-hmm. videos, and they had. I was watching the one on the documentary on uh, the BDSM, and and what I find interesting, or I mean, it might come as no surprise to many, but so many men in power or people in power want to relinquish and not worry about them, and and the and the amount of men that are actually subs i guess that's that's the correct uh word is it's 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 not mind-bottling but it's refreshing to to see that they are you're willing to come into a space to just you know you're so probably from the stress i'm assuming you come into the the space where you just can relax and enjoy yourself and have fun Yes. Well, it's exhausting to be so structured all the time. And it's not so much, maybe it's us, but it's also a society of which we're growing up and we have to be this. We're so time orientated, nine to five, this and that, like it's all structured. So it makes sense where we would need a space to just be free and let go in that moment. Mm. I, I think that's, yeah, that's, it's hard for a lot of people too, because, you know, here you are, you know, you're, let's say it, 
I guess it's just hard because intimacy is intimacy and it's so it's such a vulnerable act, right? So when you're playing BDSM, I guess that's why you say that there's this uh, agreement, which that's what I want to talk about. What is this agreement or this con- like uh, this the terms and conditions that people agree? Is this a contract that you write out or is it like verbally done? Like how do how does how do people go about it once they come to, to ter- not to terms when they come? Honestly. I that- have seen it both ways. I've seen it through even just text messages being it verbal. And, you know, I've seen it go so far as actually written contracts. Really? And, well, yeah. Yeah. So when the thing about power dynamic relationships is I actually think that they're a great alternative to hookup cultures to find kind of like a glorified fuck buddy, I guess you right. could say, but power exchange dynamics is you're specifically there for sex. So it's not one of these runaround conversations of like, Ooh, am I going to hook up with you or not? Ooh, let's play this cat and mouse game. Like, no, we're here because this is what we want to do. So, and not everyone is into the same things. That's like BDSM and kink is such a big, big playground that not everything you're going to like. So, and maybe you do like everything. That's great. But maybe you stay closer on one spectrum. Maybe you like it on the lighter side. Maybe you like it on the heavier side. And that's why these contracts and talking about it is so important beforehand Because you could go on, like, say you go out on a Saturday night, you pick up somebody and then you get to their house and you're like, you know what? I don't even want to have sex in this room. I don't even want to be here. So this is one of those preliminary things where you don't waste any time. Like, that's how I feel the contracts and talking about it is that you don't waste time. You get to the point because we all have sexual needs and it's okay to talk about those needs. It's okay to say like, you know what, I need these sexual needs met and I want to find somebody to make them, but I'm maybe you're not ready for a relationship, but maybe you don't want the headache or the hassle of constantly meeting someone new every weekend. Oh, cool. Thank you for clarifying that. You mentioned something that BDSM is an alternative to the hookup culture. Now, um, within that, let me just uh, ask you, within the BDSM movement or world, when you have, let me ask you, do people have multiple partners? Like, let's say they'll have a contract with someone or they'll have a, a BDSM partner here and then there, or is it just one person? How does that work? You can. Yeah, like you can, like with the height of polyamory as well. Like that seems to be a movement as well that's coming around. Um, at least here in Toronto, I feel like a lot more people are being into polyamorous relationships or exploring that. So it's great if it works for you. The The hesitation that I do have is that polyamory takes a, an incredible amount of um, <clears throat> right. care and responsibility, and especially when you're implying well, multiple health. people. Well, yeah, so there's so many people you have to be accountable with, and that's the thing about it. No matter what type of relationship you're in with a, with a friend or a partner or whoever you're with, it still takes some accountability to that person. You still have responsibilities to that person. So if you're willing and okay to handle that with more than one person, it's more or less like you have to be so honest, so incredibly honest, so transparent, incredibly transparent, because anything else other than that is just unethical BDSM and kink. Like you have to be honest with who you're or get te- or get tested mm-hmm. or, you know, make sure you're getting tested if you have. But so it's fair to say that uh, within uh, people mostly practice one on one. It's not like, I, I, oh, I have a, my hookup partner for Monday here, my other partner here. You probably have people like that. But I mean, if. It's so much work, you know. I feel like uh, to play to to be part of the BDSM movement. There's so much. There's so much goes into it, right? Like to when, once you're gonna go play. It's not like I'm gonna pick up my stuff and go. You know, maybe some people do that, mm-hmm. but I'm saying it's. Uh, I want to say it's so structured in the sense where 
once you have someone that you can explore and do different things, I'm assuming, I mean, if I'm correct, uh, you want to stick with that person because there's that level of trust and you can work more, you can progress more, or do different things where versus like going through the preliminary again and, 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 and yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I agree with you. I do think it's a little easier and it takes some stress off when you do find that partner and you want to work with that one-on-one and you can keep the thing about having a long-term power dynamic relationship, or at least, you know, it doesn't have to be long-term. It could be like a month, a week, whatever it is. At least you can continue to build off of what you did last week and you can continue to try. And you're right. There's not this newness all the time, the preliminaries, the questions, they're this, the, that, but you know, I do feel like if you can, I had a really good conversation actually with another lady about this, but I'm not really for hookup culture. And she was saying, well, the intention, if people actually were intended and went in and said, I want this hookup culture, like, or I just want this hookup because I want to feel the collision of my body against another person that I don't know. If you had that awareness and that intention, then yes, it can work. The question is how many people actually have that intention when they go into it. So that's, that is a good question. That was a good perspective. And I agree with that. That's, that's amazing. So here's one important thing. Let's just say, um, let's say myself, I'm into uh, bondage. How do I know if, if, if BDSM is right for me or if that is an indication that that's right for me? How do you, how, how does one go about it to answer that for themselves or explore for it? Like how, how, how does that work? Yes. So it does require you to take some time to actually sit down with yourself and really have that conversation. It really begins with you. So you have to take in the experiences that you have with it and to try, maybe you saw it on TV. Um, A gentleman comes up and like puts their hand against their throat and pushes you kind of up seductively against uh, a wall and starts making out with you on the TV. And, And if that if you're thinking to yourself, hmm, that actually looks fun, then move slowly. I always say move slowly through this because you philosophy. can get to a point where you say, okay, you know what? I kind of like it this way. But once you move past that forcefulness or you lose or you gain more strength in that, maybe you're like, you know what? That's a little bit too rough for me. That's okay too. But um, it's self-exploration. That's what sex really is, exploring. So it's hard to pinpoint how exactly you'll know, but it really comes down to listening to your body. Like what gets your... Like what gives you goosebumps? What makes you smile? What makes your cheeks red? Like you really have to pay attention to that. And just because someone else doesn't get it, or maybe what makes your cheeks red makes somebody else doesn't get it or doesn't make them happy. That's okay. Like you don't have to compare what makes you happy or turned on versus the person that you're with or like your other friends. You don't need to compare it that way. I think that people should stop comparing against their friend group or in general, like it's just a self, self-answered question. Mm. So you really have to take, uh, I always say this, you have to take inventory of really sit down and have that conversation. You said it and you have to be really honest. But it's probably. all the time. Right. Sorry. No, no, you're it's, right. It's not just once. Yeah. Like it's, it's as you go and learn and gain new experiences and even outside of sex and you go, say you go visit another country and you see things that like there and you're like, you know what? I want to bring that in. It's not just about sex. It's everything all the time. And I think this day and age, a lot of people forget to make time for themselves on self-reflection. So sex is one of those things like you could increase your sex life or at least get um, with yourself, not necessarily with other people, but you can get a better sex life with yourself if you just sit down with yourself and really look at yourself and even look at yourself in the mirror as well, like physically see what your body down there looks like. And I think that's the one thing that is so important is to really know yourself sexually. And for me, I have a philosophy like you have to really uh, know yourself, uh, at least what you like in bed. And you can't lie to yourself. And 
by you asking yourself these questions, some people don't. Some people like vanilla. And listen, there's no problem with vanilla sex. I have no problem. There's spicy vanilla. There's different flavors of vanilla. But you really have to have that conversation. And you get to know yourself more, really. The more you start exploring what you like in bed, you lead a, such a happier life. You know, people are... Yes. People Sorry, are, I was going to say, um, like, I feel like part of that problem is that we've been so conditioned to just be so scared of our body. Right. So, like, we're even to, like, scared to touch ourselves, to, like, hold ourselves, to really feel all parts of ourselves. And I think that comes into the problem of, like, oh, I'm just vanilla because are you? Like, or is it just maybe a subconscious you've been told, like, to not do these things? Like, maybe you're worried. Maybe you told somebody what you liked and they didn't react the way that you wanted. So then maybe you convinced yourself, you know what? I didn't want to try it anyways. I see that a lot. People yeah. kind of voicing what they want just a little bit and then they'll back out of it and say, you know what? I didn't really want to do that anyways. Yeah. You know, it, that's funny you say that because, you know, when you ask people, I, I've had people tell me, be like, well, I'm vanilla. I like vanilla sex. I'm like, listen, it, I'm not, it's okay if you're vanilla flavor. But sometimes you want cherries in there. You want, you know, you want sprinkles. You want this. Like you can't say that. You know, I think sometimes, I think sometimes people are lazy too. But really, you have to have that conversation with you. I, I, I literally believe that, you know, and I, I think we talked about it in our first meeting that I, I told you this that um, for me, sex is a, a different level of fitness, and it's so so crucially important. I think BDSM is is something healthy. Uh, I don't think people should knock it till they, until they try it. Um, I do have one question that I'm just, I'm not dying to ask you, but you as a coach, um, as a coach, um, what are, who are the people that are seeking coaching in BDSM? Is it singles? Is it married couples? What is the demographic? Because in my mind, I have something, I, I, I have a specific demographic, but I could be wrong, you know? Well, um, when I was just doing the talks, uh, it was a lot of married couples and just couples in general. So I wouldn't even say married, but there were couples coming up that wanted to explore. But ever since I released the e-learning, I find that it's actually middle-aged men that are reaching out to me asking. And in the most, just so, they're just so nervous and scared. And like, there's, they even say like, I have shame around this and then this helped. And it's just like, and we do have this rise of, I think, um, I, I don't know if we mentioned this, but like young men are actually becoming virgins later in life, at least here in North America. Like, so yeah, for men, yeah, because it's so scary and we have readily available as porn, right? So like it kind of eliminates the fact that they have to go talk to women now. And so when women, I feel like maybe I'm talking from a heterosexual perspective here, but when they complain, like, oh, men just want to have sex, I feel like they're talking about such a small percentage of the, of the right, male population right. that's going on because you're going on a lot of it's through dating apps, right? And that's what we live in the society with. So like we have this top 10% of men that are getting kind of all the women of their choice. And I'm, I'm worried that kind of women are getting this negative viewpoint because there's a lot more men that are just so timid and shy and, and, and actually intimidated by women. And we, we can be, we come off. So sometimes we can be very like, I I'm here. Listen to me. This women are intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> they can, like be. can be. So. They have, you know, you know, it's funny you say that there were, there's that one person, <clears throat> that one percentage of men that are kind of not hogging, but taking that, that is true. There is a viral video. I might bring it on the show, put it on the shows later on, but about, uh, what does that do to men, the men that are sitting at the top of, of the dating pool? And the, it, it, uh, we as a society, we're reinforcing specific bad habits uh, mm -hmm. on them. But um, that's not that's beside the point. But here's the thing. Um, 
I think that it's so refreshing to hear that men are coming to to you and 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 seeking coaching and BDSM to explore another side of themselves because we're living in an age where uh, sex, you know, wellness is so important, but specifically mindfulness is mm-hmm. is the key word here. I feel that we're coming out of COVID, and if anything, I think there's this movement happening where it's all about mindfulness, uh, really, and, and, and how do you uh, create these amazing experiences where you're really, really, really present and you're really, really, it's about the other person, but really having that wonderful experience, that intimate experience in, in, in sex. And BDSM is one of them. I think it's it's, it's a great thing. Now, well, BDSM and kink, I feel, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it actually can be helpful if you have fear of intimacy, because you can talk about that in your preliminary and say, like, I feel like um, the problem with sex is when people open themselves on a sexual level with someone, and then that relationship, for whatever reason, doesn't work out then people can just go so inwardly. So like, I'm the problem. Like, I don't want to do this again. Like I'm scared of intimacy and it chips down. And that's the thing too, is like, I don't want, you know, there is going to be possible pain. Their relationships don't always work out the way that we want, but just get back out there because you're, why cut yourself off? Like if there's so much, so much experiences, you're actually harming yourself in the long term by shutting yourself out from this type of intimacy. I, I feel um, whether that's up for debate or not, I right. do feel like if you shut yourself out, there's no positives that are going to come out of that long term. No, and, and and I feel that it's when it's it's during those times that you should be uh, exploring, really doing things that how am I going to grow as a person, as a person, sexually, individually, spiritually, really, and 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 go out there and really, really do things that you thought about, but you never, you were too scared. Now, listen, we're running out of time here. I just want to really thank you so much for coming to the show. You've been wonderful. No, thank you. This is great. <laughs> no, this is wonderful. Now, listen, I have one one last thing. If people want to get in contact for, let's say, BDSM coaching, how can they get a hold of you? Yes. Yeah, so right now I have an e-learning out on thepartition.life where you can find me. But if you want to stay up to date with all things kinky, I encourage you to follow me on Instagram, which is thepartition underscore life. So either of those, you can send me a DM or anything like that. I love hearing from people and answering any questions. And I thank you so much for letting me be on the show. This was a great conversation. (laughs) I love spreading awareness on AIA through BDSM and kink. So yes. Yeah, thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today. I am your host, Romeo. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at whiskeysextalk at iCloud.com. That's whiskeysextalk at iCloud.com. Till next time. (laughs) 